It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about date ideas for you and your significant other, especially if you're leaving the kids with a babysitter. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we could really appreciate it if you would leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher, where you can receive bonus content, or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, I have a friend, Leslie, who is going to Disneyland in a couple weeks. And he's going with his significant other. And he wrote to me and was like, can you think of anything romantic for us to do? And then parentheses, not for an engagement. So we thought today would be a good episode to do a Disney date night episode just to discuss you know, some of the more romantic things you can do if you're at Disney without kids or if you get a sitter. I mean, Leslie, we've talked about in the past how, you know, we enjoy uh, being there with our respective spouses on our own uh, without the kids, even if the kids are there. Yes, indeed. It is nice to get a break from the kids. And, you know, like my husband and I went to Disney destinations before we had kids. So, you know, we had fun doing that. <laughs> and so it's nice to be able to reclaim a little bit of that on occasion. And so let's start by talking about like when you're on a trip with kids, you know, we have still not done this yet, but I know that there are on-site babysitter services that will come to your Disney hotel room or any hotel room. Oh, and we should also say that my friend's going to Disneyland, but we're going to try to cover both coasts for our romantic options uh, in this episode. But, you know, let's start with if you're there with your family and if you're comfortable getting a sitter, you know, what are some of the options out there? I think you have some experience with this, Leslie. I have some experience at Disneyland, although not at Disney World, because the last time I did a date night at Disney World, they had the kids clubs. Do you remember um, the oh, three? Oh, right. Yeah. Didn't we review my, one of those? Yeah. Well, my kids went to the one in the Polynesian and the one in Animal Kingdom Lodge. So we used two of them in one trip. So rest in peace, kids clubs. Those were fantastic, but they're not coming back, I guess. Uh, that is honestly a shame. I mean, it would be nice if they came back because your kids had a really good time there, right? Yeah, my kids loved it. Like when I came to pick them up from the one in Animal Kingdom Lodge, they were mad that I was there. So they did a good job. I mean, they always do a good job at the kids clubs, you know, at Disney, Aulani, Cruise Line, all of that. So it was no surprise. But but yeah, I'm sort of sad to see those go. But at least there are other options if you can sort of hire an in-room babysitter. And there are a couple more services that are popping up. There's one called Kids Night Out 
There's another one that's fairly new to me um, called Nanny Land, and it's now on both Disney coasts as well as at Aulani. And, and they even will send a nanny with you on a cruise, a Disney cruise, if you'll pay for the room. So that's a kind of a nice option as well. And and then there are plenty of just local agencies. I mean, at Disneyland, we've hired a babysitter a couple of times, and we just used a nanny agency located in Irvine, which is just a town over. And, you know, they background check the nannies, uh, California has a registry where um, nannies can be background checked through uh, like a state background check program so called Trustline so I just use an agency that certified their nannies were Trustline certified so worked out for me wow do people pay for a single cabin for a nanny that is yeah I think that's that's for a a budget (laughs) that's for a budget bigger than mine and at that point I'm like those kind of families probably have live in help at, at that point and maybe you know would bring that person along i mean but, you might as yeah. well take two nannies it's the same price yeah uh, you just I have guess to pay so. the extra like 150 dollars <laughs> of taxes and port fees but you know at that point who's counting yeah, seriously um so yeah or I, I guess if you have two nannies it's not like uh we just had a, a couple of kids babysit our kids but you know their their parents insisted that uh we split the 15 dollars an hour or whatever between the two and they didn't complain so <laughs> I can't, that probably doesn't work for professional professional help. Um, probably so. not. Probably not. But or you can just do what what I have gotten to, um, you know, have a kid who's old enough to be the babysitter. So we now have the thirteen year old, and that's fantastic. Yes, check out our episode on kids and their independence at Disney for more thoughts on that. Yeah. So if you do get babysitters or if you have, of course, you know, for us, it's always been, we've had grandparents around to help watch the kids. That's great. And so you have time to go do things. Um, And so the question is, you know, what are you going to do on a date at Walt Disney world or Disneyland. So I'm going to start with some of the simple stuff. You know, the stuff that we would do when we went on dates in high school, you can go play mini golf. There's two mini golf courses at Walt Disney World, and you can go do that. And a lot of the Disney packages, like if you book a package through Disney, they actually throw in a free round of mini golf. So you don't even need to pay extra. So you can do that if you want. There's bowling and the movies at Disney Springs. So, you know, all the traditional date options. Although if you're already like on a date to Walt Disney World, that's probably uh, the next level beyond uh, taking someone to the movies. But you can do that at Disney World if you want. And uh, Disneyland, I assume, has similar options. Yeah, not as many options at Disneyland, but there is a Splitsville in downtown Disney in Anaheim, so you at least can do that. But no mini golf, and the movie theater is gone there as well. Big construction happening at downtown Disney, so maybe some new options will be popping up soon. The next uh, thing that you know, I know you and I both like to do, Leslie, is one really great thing to do, especially you know if you are young and you don't have kids yet, and you're just there uh, with your significant other, you're probably already doing this. But for people like us, Leslie, when we get babysitters or whatever, it's a really great time to go and hit the parks and do it in an efficient and fast forced march of happiness manner without any kids dragging us down. Um, And so, you know, you could do like if you get a whole day, you could go crazy and try to hit all four parks in one day if you have a park hopper. But even without that, you could tour in the evening or my favorite is, you know, if you go to extended evening hours with a date uh, and without any kids, I think that's a great time to go. And so, you know, I think you too enjoy touring the parks without the kids, right? 
For sure. That's usually what we're doing. In addition to maybe even eating a nice dinner, we're, we're usually doing rides, my husband and I. And, you know, if you can play your cards right, if you've got something like Genie Plus, you can stack up things for the right moment. And of course, if you are staying out late, then the lines do usually get shorter as the evening goes along, especially for parks that are open very, very late that are past kid bedtime. So take advantage of those. You know, like you said, the after hours event is a great option um, if you have those extended evening extra magic hours if you're staying at a deluxe hotel that's a great use of them as well so so definitely stay up late that's what my husband and I always do we usually close down the parks and then you know take our time walking out and shopping and and uh, really being the last human beings out of the parks if we're still standing at that point I mean yeah that's a great point Uh, we forgot to mention this I don't think on previous episodes but they're bringing back the paid after hours events at Walt Disney World for Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios so you can pay like $150 or whatever to go into the parks for three hours after park close and there's a lot fewer people then and you know things like the Christmas party the Halloween party that all falls under that as well so that's a great date night uh, whichever coast you are on moving along Another thing that you might like to do, this is a daytime option, so you need a babysitter in the daytime, whether that be grandparents or uh, one of the babysitting services. But there are a lot of those cool special tours on Disney property. In February, my wife and my daughter, I guess they went on a date without me, but they did the Wild Safari Trek, Wild African Trek at Animal Kingdom, but there's also the Behind the Seeds tour. If you're an agriculture nerd, honestly, I probably would enjoy that tour quite a bit uh, at the Land Pavilion in Epcot. And of course, there's the five-hour Keys of the Kingdom tour where they take you around Magic Kingdom and go through a lot of the history. Uh, I was thinking of throwing VIP tours on here, lastly, but it would feel pretty messed up to uh, go on a date with a VIP tour and just ditch your kids. Like You, you bring your kids on the VIP tour because you're cutting the lines anyway. Yeah, I think so. And it probably wouldn't be very efficient to pay for two people <laughs> when you can, you know, add a lot more human beings. Hey, I mean, if I'm, if I'm bringing a nanny on a cruise and buying them a stateroom, <laughs> maybe I do uh, get a VIP tour for two. But are the uh, tours back at Disneyland yet? Yes, several of them just came back and they're sort of changing things up and offering some new ones as well. I know there's one that goes up into Walt's apartment. A friend of mine just went on that one and it looks pretty cool. Um, Definitely some cool chances to hear some history. And, you know, those are sometimes the kind of things, especially that younger kids won't appreciate. I mean, I think my daughter at 13 would really enjoy a tour like that, but you're not going to get as much bang for your buck taking, you know, a seven-year-old on something like that. So I think that's a great choice for a date day or date night. Definitely. And to book those tours, I know for Disney World, you go to, there's like a section on the website called Enchanting Extras. And so you can just book it in advance via that Enchanting Extras section online, uh, or you can call. All right. Um, So the next thing, you know, this is going to be pretty extensive. But of course, if you are on a date night, maybe you want to have a fancy meal. So I just listed like a ton of options here at Walt Disney World. Leslie, you and I, I think the best thing to do is to choose three of these options that we haven't tried yet, you know, because we have not been to all these restaurants. Um, And you should definitely do your research online. Although every, every restaurant that I put on this list I haven't heard any bad things about. And if you have any other restaurants to suggest, please let us know. But if you want like a fancier meal at Epcot, like the most expensive or one of the most expensive meals on Walt Disney World site is Takumi Te, which is the Japanese set course meal that is reopening at Epcot soon. La Cellier is a steakhouse and Monsieur Paul is reopening. I hear you need to 
wear a jacket in there now. I don't like Len Testo was joking about how that's going to work in the summer. And yeah, I'm not uh, sure how that's going to work. In the Magic Kingdom, there's Be Our Guest, Cinderella's Royal Table. At Animal Kingdom, there's Tiffin's, Nomad Lounge. We're basically naming all the signature service restaurants. Uh, Hollywood Studios is Brown Derby. Um, and there are a lot of nice restaurants at hotels like Topolino's, California Grill, Yasmin Steakhouse, and Victorian Albert's, if you can get a reservation there, or afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian. And then finally, in Disney Springs, there's Morimoto, Wine Bar George, Haleo, Boathouse, Paddlefish. I don't know. There's like so many restaurants. Leslie, so if you were going to go on date night, you know, what are the restaurants that are at the top of your list right now to try out? So I've tried several of those, um, but top of my list, and I can't believe I haven't gotten here yet, is Morimoto Asia, because I love Asian food of all types. My husband does as well. We just somehow don't find ourselves at Disney Springs as often on our trips, and I think it's because we often aren't able to go for very long, and we really want to maximize our time in the parks. We just don't end up making it over there as much. But yeah, Morimoto is is high, high, high on my list. And I think you've eaten there, right, Joe? Yes, the whole family has eaten there, actually. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. I would say my one comment about Morimoto, the food is great, but actually a lot of a lot of Disney restaurants are loud because they're crowded. And so uh, I do remember it being pretty loud, but actually I've been there twice, once with my family and uh, once um, with coworkers at a work conference. So yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, any others? I mean, I have to try Victorian Alberts at some point in my life. And <laughs> so that's definitely, definitely on the list. But I mean, it's just so much work to try to get a reservation. And then it's so much cost that I just really have never made the effort. <laughs> have you even given it a shot yourself? No, I, I like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's so many hours. I feel like I would need to go there on a trip where I don't even have my kids at all. Because it just feels like when the kids are there, you don't want to, you want to, be efficient with doing rides and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's on my list as well. Another one on my list is I really do want to try Takumite because uh, I want to see, you know, we were in Japan for our 10 year anniversary and we had some really nice meals, some really nice set course meals. I know there's an omakase tasting menu, which is not quite what omakase tasting menu would be at an actual Japanese restaurant, which is the chef gives you, you know, it's chef's choice and they use whatever ingredients they have. But still, a great set menu, or so I've heard. I definitely want to try that one out. And besides that, in Victoria and Albert's, I also want to try out Wine Bar George because I've heard so many good things about that place. Like it was... One of those restaurants that was like not on my list, but I've heard so many people talking about it that I really want to check it out. And everywhere that I've been that's on that list, Morimoto, Haleo, Brown Derby, Paddlefish, those were all great. So I, I really think that uh, you can't really go wrong with any of the signature dining restaurants at Disney World. Any um, Disneyland restaurants that people should check out? So at Disneyland, there aren't as many choices, of course, for date night, but there are a couple that are just classics. And I have probably mentioned it a million times on the podcast, but the go-to date night place for my husband and, for, and me um, is Blue Bayou in Disneyland Park. That's just a place that we started having a date night back when we were still dating <laughs> before we were married. And we've continued that over the years, which has been really, really special. I mean, the food isn't top, top, top notch, but it's a glorious atmosphere, just really beautiful overlooking the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And, you know, it sort of feels like you're at sunset 
and their lanterns aglow. It's it's a beautiful atmosphere. So that's definitely worth checking out. Love uh, Lamplight Lounge over in Disney California Adventure. Just kind of a cool place with great cocktails, a little more lively. Like I think that's kind of the date night choice of the 20 and 30 somethings. So, you know, sometimes I play one on TV and go to Lamplight. <laughs> Carthay Circle, another great place that um, is probably the fanciest, like most expensive restaurant in the parks at Disneyland. That's also at California Adventure and, you know, excellent date night choice. Definitely on the fancier end in terms of the menu, like you're going to pay a lot more than you are going to pay at Lamplight for lobster nachos. And in the hotels, you've got Napa Rose, which is in the Grand Californian. Excellent, excellent. Every time I've eaten there. And then of course you can just go to Trader Sam's and have lots of tiki drinks. Um, That's my favorite at the Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, and moving to the more casual stuff, and speaking of Trader Sam's, I think one of the really fun things to do, if you don't want to, because I, I really don't feel like, I, I guess we would maybe sit down for a nice meal, but like it is so hard for us to sit down for a nice meal in general. And I think sometimes variety is tops being in the same place all at once. And the nice thing about Disney World is there's like a lot of options. Um, you can go to Disney Springs and go on a bar crawl whether that be, you know, to Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. Um, you can swing by some of the restaurants we mentioned, or you can go grab a drink at any of the plentiful bars that are at Disney Springs. Or you can walk along the boardwalk. Um, we put a question out to our Facebook group for Patreon members, and, you know, they suggested going to Jelly Rolls. Flying Fish, oh, is another restaurant that I forgot to mention that's a really nice restaurant worth eating at. So you can do all that. And then the monorail loop, you know, has as one of your favorite places to hang out at, right, Leslie? Yes, the other Trader Sam's. <laughs> I guess I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> Lots of tiki bars. And then, of course, there's the new Enchanted Rose Lounge in the Grand Floridian. And so you can definitely do the monorail loop um, bar crawl as well. Yeah, and then now we can add even the Skyliner pub crawl to that as well, which the Skyliner pub crawl is sort of like just walking along the boardwalk, but adding on Caribbean Beach Resort and Pop Century on the Skyliner. I mean, there's not a, well, I guess there's the pool bar at Pop Century and Art of Animation, um, but that's great too. And then, of course, you can always just go to Epcot at night and eat and drink around the world and spend your whole night there. When one of the festivals is going on, whether that be... uh, you know, festival holidays, which is happening right now or about to start right now, or food and wine, flower and garden, festival of the arts, or even when there's not a festival going on, of course, Epcot is the place to be if you just want to wander around, eat, drink, maybe go on a ride or two. That's a great kind of combination of riding and eating and drinking. Totally agree. That is the park I often find myself in after dark uh, on adults only trips for sure. So question for you, do you feel like a lot of people, like I know California Adventure is where the food and drinking events are. Do people tend to go there at Disneyland for date night or, you know, what is the bar scene? I don't know what to call it, but what is the like hangout scene like in Disneyland? Yeah, I mean, when people drink, they have to be in DCA because there's really not that option in Disneyland other than, you know, you can go to Oga's Cantina or you can now have a cocktail with your sit-down meal at, you know, Blue Bayou. There's really not the chance to just sort of casually grab a drink like you can at DCA. And there there is a lot of drinking at DCA, but, but not in a bad way. I mean, this is just sort of California culture, like people have a glass of wine or have a beer or something like that. Uh, I, I really have never seen the bad behavior that occasionally you will witness at Epcot. I really have not seen that at DCA. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to 
write in now and say, Leslie, I saw it, but <laughs> you know, just not to the same degree, I don't think. And so definitely when the food festivals are, are on and California Adventure, people are there, locals will come just for the evening to enjoy dinner and some drinks. But you know, if you're there sort of as an out-of-towner, you can do that. And then usually Disneyland is open several hours later. Disneyland's often open till midnight when DCA closes at 10. So then you hop over to Disneyland and you get your rides in. So you know, drink first and then go ride roller coasters. Sorry. Great idea. Well, there's no Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at Disneyland. So uh, hopefully people will be okay That's right. after That's uh, right. drinking. <laughs> and well, and the drinking will numb the pain that you will feel riding the Matterhorn. So, Do you know, not that's ride a bonus. The Matterhorn after you've been drinking. <laughs> okay. Disney, don't. Don't ride the Matterhorn <laughs> after drinking. Bonus Disney, don't there. Another date night idea is there are. I think only one place to do spa treatment in both Disney World and Disneyland. At Disney World, it's at the Grand Floridian. And Disneyland? Grand Californian, not surprisingly. Ah, there you go. So I hear those spas are really nice. Um, so you can definitely check those out as well. Uh, let us know. We may be wrong. There may be other spas, but those are the two very big ones. Closing things out, our last option, you know, and I think this is probably one of the more romantic options is to watch the fireworks together. I know you're not a huge nighttime spectacular person, but in terms of Disneyland, I know things are a lot tighter there. Are there any good options to, you're never going to be like alone or anything, but there are, are, are there any good options or areas to be for the fireworks and or World of Color, which is not technically fireworks, but a nighttime spectacular? Right. Well, at, at World of Color, you could do the dessert party, which is great for having a viewing area and a little bit of space so you can just have some some sweets and eats and get to have a seated view for World of Color. So that's actually probably the best date night option for a nighttime kind of show. Is that in the same space? Like um, you because I like I know at Magic Kingdom, like you eat in one place, but then you move to another place. But for World of Color dessert parties, is it all there? It's all in one spot. You sit at a small kind of pub table and you're given your desserts and you don't move and you watch the show from that location. It's located on one of the terraces overlooking the water there. So that's really the best option, I think, for a static date night because you're right. Everything is much more crowded at Disneyland and you are going to be jammed in with a lot of people watching things like Fantasmic and the fireworks. I mean, even if you're doing a dinner package, you know, those are standing room only kind of places. So, you know, I think that's probably the best option. But if you do want to watch the fireworks, it's going to be very crowded at the hub. So if you go maybe over to like Small World has projections there or go a little further down Main Street, you can see projections there. You won't have as great of a view of the fireworks themselves, but you know, it, you'll still hear the music and you'll see the projections and, you know, maybe not be shoulder to shoulder with a thousand other people. And are there any non-park options? You know, we'll get to hotels you can watch the fireworks at for Walt Disney World, but are there any similar options for Disneyland? Well, you can see the fireworks from the concierge lounge at the Disneyland Hotel. I I don't know, I don't know if they pipe in the music there. They they may not, but you have a great view on um, because it overlooks Downtown Disney. I believe you can also see the fireworks from the club level lounge on the 6th floor of the Grand Californian as well. 
I don't know um, what the status is post-COVID, so that's probably something to to call and confirm what the current situation is. So, so yeah, I mean, you guess I guess you have to be paying for club level to get the uh, you know guaranteed view. Of course, there will be some hotel rooms that do have great views as well. And you know, if you're on the cheap and you're staying across the street and one of the less expensive hotels on Harbor Boulevard, a lot of those have really great views of the fireworks. So, you know. <laughs> we we watch those sometimes with our kids. Maybe not the best idea for the date night, but if you if you call it an early night, you can see it there. Now, moving over to Walt Disney World, there are a couple of restaurants that like you can watch the fireworks from the restaurant. So, of course, the most famous or well-known one is California Grill at the Contemporary, you know, with your receipt, like even if you're not eating at firework time, uh, as long as you eat dinner there, you can return to the balcony. You know, there's a big balcony viewing area. Um, so with your receipt, you can go there and watch the fireworks from there, which is supposedly a really great place to watch the fireworks from. So that is still on my list. But I think I think I would try that with kids, um, although I could do it with my wife as well. I mean, she really loves fireworks, probably one of her favorite parts of Walt Disney World. So that might work. And then Topolino's, which I really enjoyed the dinner there. Um, most people will go there for brunch for the character meal, but at dinner, they have a really nice sit down dinner and I really enjoyed the food there. And they also have a balcony that's at, uh, of course, Disney's Riviera hotel. Um, and so they have a balcony that can overlook both Epcot. And I think you can also see Hollywood studios fireworks, although those currently do not exist. So I guess you can't see them. Now, one of our patrons, Amy C, she had, tried a great thing and i did not know about this leslie but there are actually fireworks cruises you can charter a private boat from like various marinas around walt disney world so you can either go from yacht and beach club resort to do harmonious or you can go from contemporary poly grand flow fort wilderness or wilderness lodge to do the magic kingdom fireworks enchantment uh, as long as it remains enchantment and the prices for a 25 foot boat that seats up to 10 guests is $400. Now, maybe this is not something where, although I guess it's cheaper than a VIP tour, but uh, maybe it's not something that you just charter for the two of you. But you know, if you're on a double date or maybe a quintuple date, uh, or you have some friends, uh, this sounds like a really cool way to watch the fireworks. So yeah, I didn't know that exists. So thanks, Amy, for pointing that out to us. Yeah, it was news to me as well, but looks pretty cool. And yeah, if you can split it with a couple of other couples, then not too terrible in the grand scheme of things. You'll probably pay half of that for dinner at California Grill too. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, although I don't, I don't know if these fireworks cruises uh, come with food. Now, this is a good time. You know, like I said, we put this question out to our Facebook group, so I did want to thank everyone on our group who contributed. Um, so the Facebook group is open to both the current and former patrons. So as long as you have subscribed to us at some point in the past, we invite you to the Facebook group and we don't kick anyone out. So thanks so much to Catherine, Adam, Brad, Sam, uh, Amy C and May May for your ideas and your thoughts. I want to give a special no thank you to a former podcast host in our group who shall not be named, whose uh, best Disney date idea was Shakira. Uh, so, uh, Thanks for nothing, buddy, for your contributions. But um, yeah, we really uh, appreciate the conversation that was had there. You can join the Patreon group by checking out patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. And if you have any date night suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Disney Deciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. All right, well... 
let's uh, close this Disney date night episode out with a Disney do or don't. Leslie, what do you have for us besides Disney do go on a date with your loved one? That's right. Do go on a date. But in order to get the restaurant that you want, I mean, we've named a lot of kind of hard to get reservations. You know, it's important to know how to get those reservations. And Disney does still release dining reservations 60 days in advance. But if you're staying on site, you can make reservations for the entire length of your stay. So if you're aiming for a really hard to get reservation, I would say, you know, make that date night later in your trip. So you're making a reservation, say something like 63 or 64 or 65 days in advance before you have as much competition. So, you know, this is an obvious tip for those of you who listen often, but I think a lot of Folks who are new to the scene may not realize how much gamesmanship there is with dining reservations. Yeah, it's pretty bad out there. And also, you can check out our previous dining episodes about dining alerts, touring plans, and mouse dining. You can get a few alerts for free, and that's worth looking for the dining that you want. And don't forget that you can always check in your app to see what's available for uh, standby or walk-in uh, virtual queue. I don't, I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly what they call it, but you can always find some uh, nice stuff there. All right. Well, again, please let us know if you have any other date night ideas, but hopefully you and those that you love can have a lot of fun exploring Disney World uh, without your kids or on your own. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you on a fireworks cruise. Let's do it, but... Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just bring our families. It'll be fine. Thanks, Jim.